May I speak in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Today we celebrate the baptism of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You are my Son, the Beloved. With you, I am well pleased. Well, I'm not so sure I'm ready for this to happen. And when we only celebrated Christ's birth two weeks ago, he was just a baby two short weeks ago. We were listening to Away in a Manger and basking in the serene glory of our infant Savior wrapped in those swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And today, he's 30 years old and being baptized by his cousin John. Why the rush? It feels a little unnatural. I want to know what happened in the in-between time. I want to know what it was like for Mary. How did his teenage mother feel when her son took his first steps? I want to know about the relationship between the boy Jesus and his earthly father, Joseph the carpenter. Was Joseph teaching his son all the tools of his trade? What about that 20-something Jesus, the adult savior, who hadn't yet begun his public ministry. What was he like? Well, we simply don't know. The Bible tells us very little about our Lord before his baptism. In the gospel according to St. Mark, this morning's reading, which describes Jesus' baptism in the Jordan River, this is actually Jesus' first appearance in this gospel. St. Mark doesn't write about any baby in a manger. There are no choirs of angels. This baptism account is the closest that we get to Jesus' birth narrative. There's no physical birth in this story, of course, but there's a spiritual birth, a beginning, a revelation. On this day, Jesus is revealed as the Messiah, the Anointed One. And today, his ministry is born. For us, then, the baptism of our Lord is the perfect meeting of incarnation and sanctification. It's part Christmas, and it's part Pentecost. The people who witnessed this baptism so long ago had no idea what was in store for Jesus. The teaching, the preaching, the healing the miracles, the controversy, the accusations, the death, and that victory over death. At the moment of Christ's baptism, all of that lay ahead. His ministry that began on this day in the waters of the Jordan River would only last three short years. And through that ministry, Jesus would manage to save us all from bondage to sin, and fear, and death. Maybe you know somebody who has seemed to accomplish so much so quickly, someone that you compare yourself to, even though we know we shouldn't do that, whose achievements are offensively impressive, that kid who always set the curve on the test, the colleague who gets every accolade without appearing to put forth any special effort, 
Well, our Lord himself is the example of this sky-high achiever. But through the brief ministry which began on the day of his baptism, our Savior healed the sick and fed the hungry. He welcomed the outcasts and comforted the brokenhearted. He challenged the structures of wealth and power and lifted up the oppressed, rescued the condemned, and showed us all that we are good and worthy and loved. And he did all that in just three years. Those three years that changed the course of history and renewed our intimacy with God began in the moment our Lord emerged from those waters of the Jordan. His baptism was a pivotal moment, a great beginning, a rebirth. You and I were born or reborn on the day of our baptism, whether we knew it or not. This new birth is a moment of anointing, of recognition, of a holy membership and reorientation of our lives. We leave behind the ways of sin and fear and death and join a communion of peace and hope and eternal life. The Spirit's action upon us at our baptism is profound and mysterious, and it is sanctifying. In our baptisms, we are united with the saints and made holy. And this is great news for the many infants you have seen baptized in this font and for their families. But what about those who are just a little bit older? What are we to do if we were baptized long ago? If we've been sanctified in those holy waters and had our membership in the communion of saints, and yet we find ourselves troubled or aimless or lacking in spirit. What if something's missing? Well, my friends, here is more good news. Every day, every moment offers us the possibility of conversion and new beginnings. These offers are both large and small, formal and informal, and they come in many forms. A new job, a new neighbor, a new prayer practice, an illness, a moment of national unrest, a broken heart, or maybe just another new day. Conversion of life is possible in times of triumph or tragedy or even everyday life. Whatever our particular circumstance is, we all have, with a little help from the Holy Spirit, the power to remake ourselves in and of Christ. Every day, every moment offers new possibilities for making Christ alone the ruler of our lives not money or power or praise, not security, not strength or prestige, not luxury, achievement, or self-satisfaction, not any of these things, nor any other, but Christ 
alone. If we accept these offers, then we choose to make his way of peace and compassion, mercy and extravagant love our way. If we do this at work and play, in laughter and tears, we will know ourselves to be reborn, renewed, and redeemed. And if we can quiet our hearts and minds and listen closely enough in those moments of holy renewal, we may hear the voice of God speaking words that our souls long to hear. You are my child, my beloved. With you, I am well pleased.